Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, I'm Kirsty. No, you weren't ready. I'm Kelsey. <laughs> <laughs> it's time to hate watch with us. I'm keeping it. Ooh, sliding right in there. All right. <laughs> this is off to You forgot to welcome them start. to our variety show for sarcastic people. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's try this again. <laughs> no, I like it. This is a good vibe. <laughs> I like this energy that we're bringing... <laughs> Oh, the energy of the Netflix original Christmas movie. Yes. Netflix. <laughs> what have, what you, have done? you done? <laughs> Shit, guys, we didn't even plan that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we are. Here we are. So, this is the Netflix edition of Hate Watch Christmas. We've moved on from Hate Watch Hallmark. And now it's time for Netflix, What Have You Done? (sighs) Netflix, What Have You Done? Netflix (laughs) did did some stuff, and it left us asking (laughs) (laughs) our favorite question, Netflix, What Have You Done? (laughs) And the only reason I continue to repeat that after I have made it very clear that this is the question that we are asking is because I sat back after watching both of these films, and I was just like, what the fuck have you done? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, we watched uh, Christmas Chronicles, (laughs) and then we watched, like you knew we would have to, A Christmas Uh Prince 2, The Royal Wedding. Yep. We did that. (laughs) so this has been our podcast guys thanks for listening um (laughs) (laughs) oh fuck all right (laughs) coming into this episode with a big mood yeah do you want to tell us why we uh watched christmas chronicles what type of red alert came through (laughs) At the 11th hour, we were planning our Christmas content. So we were planning all of our Christmas content. Everything was going well. Uh, We had a pretty good Hallmark roster. We knew we were going to have to watch A Christmas Prince 2, A Royal Wedding, which, like, fine. And then Mm -hmm. I'm on Netflix trying to look for a thing. And you know how Netflix likes to sneak attack you with banner ads that just, like, scream trailers at you (laughs) when you never asked for it? Mm-hmm. So I'm on the Netflix, and suddenly I'm just, like, being assaulted by sleigh bells. <laughs> and unfortunately, it had the intended effect. I stopped and watched the trailer, and it was a trailer for a Christmas film called Christmas Chronicles, which is brought to you by some of Chris Columbus's friends. <laughs> I believe it's actually brought to us by Chris Columbus himself, too. I think – no, I – I think it's 1492 Productions, but I don't think Chris Columbus actually carries a credit. He did, I believe. Did he? I wrote produced by Chris Columbus. 
I think that's just because it's out of 1492. Please hold. I will confirm. (laughs) I have the IMDb open. Because they made a big deal out of how the writer and the director and the producer was like some other dude who has worked with Chris Columbus. From the people who brought you Harry Potter and Home Alone. Yeah. It's like really silly in the trailer. There's like three different screens that are like from the people who, you know, did stuff with Chris Columbus. And I just got to say, I didn't know we were at a point in time when name dropping Chris Columbus in a movie trailer would carry any weight with a viewing audience. I mean, Netflix sure thought that it would. Netflix sure thought. Sure he thought is credited as a producer. I I think that's a cheat code just because it's his production company. Well, yeah, but I mean, it's not the same as Chris you... Columbus working on the film. Mm. okay (laughs) i know we're having a tough time with producer credits these days we are we're having a lot of producer feelings right now we're having an identity crisis it's okay ron moore where are you (laughs) come back to us this is our plea for help Okay. So in this season of Outlander, <laughs> our bind off is coming later. This is not the time. Mm. Yeah, teasers for the mid season bind off. Yeah, that will maybe do soon. Okay. So Christmas Chronicles was brought to you by the good folks over at Chris Columbus, <laughs> the entity. <laughs> The entity, (laughs) which, like, honestly, it might as well be. Like, the brand game is so strong. Oh, God, I know. Not in, like, a positive way. I really don't want to be mistaken. Right. So should we talk some premise here? Yeah, hit me. All right. I only paid attention to the first, like, two-thirds of this movie, so there's a point at which I might have dropped off a little bit. But I'll try to help. I can tell you about the beginning. Yeah. Uh, Christmas Chronicles is uh, takes place in the fine city of Lowell, Massachusetts, for some reason. <laughs> it um, is about a family and there's two children. There's an older son and a younger daughter. And they're a like tight knit family that loves Christmas, apparently. And then their dad dies, and then they're, like, that's all in flashback, and then we come into present day, and they are getting ready for Christmas, and their mom is, like, a little stretched thin because she's trying to do too much, and she does not have it all. Uh, (laughs) The children are both irritating, and they don't get along, And then they get left alone on Christmas Eve and they try to record a video of Santa because the younger one is obsessed with, like, video footage of Santa. So they set up their, like, 1998 camcorder and they hide out for him. And then, lo and behold, Santa comes to their house. But he's not a regular Santa. He's a cool Santa. So He's like a down-to-fuck Santa. 
Yeah. <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> so he's like, I was trying to think of another reference, but I don't have one. He's the opposite of a Hallmark Santa, though. Hmm. I think. He's like a towny dive bar Santa. Yeah. I mean, I like to think that he has some sort of a buzz going this whole movie. Yeah. Because God knows I needed one. Yeah, he definitely had, like, the functioning <laughs> alcoholic Santa vibe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Which is just what you want from your Santas. Right. He's kind of like a mall Santa, actually. Ooh, yeah. It's a little yeah. on the nose. Uh, so, <laughs> hijinks happen, and the children get on his sleigh, and then he kind of, like, drunk drives the sleigh, <laughs> and they end up in Chicago, because Christmas, and- They travel through Santa's- the space-time continuum. Yeah. And then Santa starts trying to, like, tell them about the world, and he tells them things like, um, the Christmas spirit prevents war, mm-hmm. which is kind of a lot, and then- He's, like, lost various objects during his car crash, his sleigh crash. So, like, his magical something, like, that finds something with the presence and, I don't know. Christmas it's, is um, in danger. He had this little orby, and yeah. the orby had, it was for his sack, I think. Yeah. Um, And he lost his hat, which... He claims is the only thing that allows him to fly. Right. And then he's lost his reindeer at some point, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He lost his reindeer also. Yeah. So then basically, like, they split up and wander around Chicago at night. And there's, like, a lot more hijinks that happen to try and get all the things back so that Christmas can happen and we don't have war. Um... (laughs) And yeah, what all learned... did they claim? They claimed um, the Dark Ages, World, yeah. World War One and Two, yeah, and something else were all because Santa was late depression, delivering presents maybe? on Christmas. Was it the Depression? It was some other it like... Was like, yeah, yeah, and that was like directly followed by a fake news joke that nobody wanted, and it was just like a little too twenty eighteen. <laughs> It was so 2018, like, <laughs> Kurt Russell as drunk Santa, like, DTF drunk Santa, making fake news jokes and talking about the war because of Christmas was just a lot of 2018. Yeah. So, the siblings learn things about getting along. And then they eventually everything comes together and then Christmas happens and then Santa goes back and bangs Goldie Hawn and that's like the end of the movie, right? Yeah, so like the the sequence of events is like um, Santa gets arrested Mm -hmm. and spends like a third of the movie in jail. And he puts on a concert, though. He puts on a rad concert in jail. Yeah. Um, and that's to try to give the cops the Christmas spirit, because the cops don't believe he's Santa. Yeah. And then he, like, breaks out of prison after spending, like, 70 minutes of the film in prison. <laughs> um, so then the 
the sisters running around trying to save the reindeer. And Which, like, CGI level sorcerer's stone on those reindeer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, And then the brother helps her save the reindeer, and then she crawls into the bag and goes to Santa's workshop. Um, This was the and- exact moment that I quit this movie. <laughs> I was in and out for this part of the movie because my baby was way more fun to hang out with. Mm. She She's learned how to sit. So she was sitting while I was <laughs> watching this movie. At a, Does a she sit point. on her own now? Yeah. Wow, she's come so far in like two weeks. Yeah, well, girl, that's like, that's old news. Well, she didn't sit on her own when I saw her. Well, she was a little mad at you when you, well, you saw her. Listen. <laughs> Stranger danger, guys. <laughs> My baby saw Kelsey. Mm-hmm. She spent the better part of a day being really upset that we tried to play the networks, which, you know, same. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, anywho, the younger sister crawls through the bag and discovers a letter from her brother written to Santa. And then the yeah. elves find her and there's like an elf uprising and then the elves come out of the bag around the time we, that Santa escapes from prison. Can we just address the elves? Hit me. The only note I took was, what the fuck, all caps. <laughs> they were like little gremlins. They were like, imagine watching Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, mm. for example. But... Instead of a Dobby, you got, (laughs) like, the Seven Dwarves. Yes. With that level of animation. It was a lot. And there were, like, a hundred of them. There were so many. They also kind of looked like those, um, what were those called? Remember the little trolls with the hair? Oh, yeah, yeah. They were called trolls. I don't know. Oh, yeah. They reminded me of them, too. <laughs> Basically, they were bad. Everything about them was bad. They were bad. Did They, like, didn't speak English, right? Like, they spoke Elvish. Right. Yeah. And Kurt Russell would, like, sometimes speak Elvish as well, which was a life choice. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh. So, yeah, so she brings the elves back, and then there's, like, a bunch of action in the middle there that I missed. This is where I dropped yeah. out. It's, like, when the elves come back. The brother gets kidnapped, and then the elves oh, save him. Oh, yes! Yeah, they have to save the brother. Yeah. Um, And then they get on the sleigh, and they only have, like, five minutes left to deliver presents to the rest of the continent. And they're only at Chicago, so those of you who know anything about the geography of the United States, they have, like, <laughs> five minutes to do... The whole rest of the country. And so he, Santa gets all depressed and is like, we can't do it. And then the little girl's like, you've got us and we'll help you. And so Santa decides to delegate. And I had some issues with the way in which he chose to delegate. But he delegates. And because of that, because of his superb management skills, (laughs) they did Christmas in time. And then he returns them to Lowell. And they have Christmas morning with their mom. (laughs) That's actually the end of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. So. That was a time. Uh, I did notice that we had a lot of Chris Columbus's signature, like, overscoring every type of hijinks Mm -hmm. scene. There was overscoring. It was hijinks scoring. 
there were so many hijinks. It was just like, I texted you this. It was like an exhausting pace of hijinks. Like, Mm -hmm. you can't, it was like the scene in nine months where they're like crashing down the hills of San Francisco, but for the entire length of the film. (laughs) Which is just not. If we could do awards that didn't apply to 2018, <laughs> that scene mm, <laughs> would be mm-hmm. the most cinematic scene that happened to me in 2018. True that. True that. It's really stuck Hell with yes. me. <laughs> <laughs> I do, oddly enough, think about that scene more often than I should. <laughs> so often. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was like that level of energy. Just like the yeah. entire fucking movie. Um, and it also had the signature Chris Columbus thing of people calling each other weird names that, like, people haven't done since the early 90s. Like what? Uh, I'm. They use dummy a lot. Like, her brother's always like, sick burned line that I'm saying, dummy. <laughs> like, no one talks <laughs> like that. It feels like, like a 30 Rock reference. <laughs> There were a couple others where he, like, you know, they, like, set it up, set up the line, like, sarcastic joke about how dumb you are, insert name here. Like, Chris Columbus strikes me as someone who didn't allow his kids to say the word stupid. (laughs) 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 You know what I mean? I do. Oh, that was one thing that was missing from this film is not a single Columbus child was in this movie. However, however, he did cast a redheaded child, and I think it was weird. <laughs> you don't think that was a coincidence? No, I don't. <laughs> Although that girl had like a starring role in Big Little Lies, so I don't know what the fuck she's doing on this Netflix bullshit. Hey, you gotta make that money. Big Little Lies is getting a season two. Well, sure. But you gotta diversify. (laughs) As a, like, eight-year-old? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, this acting thing may not work out forever, and it would be nice if she could come out of college debt-free after all this. I'm just saying. Maybe Chris Columbus will adopt her, and then she won't have to worry about getting Uh, jobs. There you go. There you go. Um, can I tell you... My problem with Santa. (laughs) Just the one? (laughs) Just the one. And this Santa in particular. I'm not about to, like, have beef with, like, Santa, the concept. Sure. Um, sure. So there's, like, different kinds of Santas, right? There's, like, your Hallmark Santa, which is, like, the kindly old man who walks among us and, like, makes Christmas magic happen. (laughs) And then there's, like, the jolly old Santa. And then there's, like... Moving down the spectrum, there's, like, the Santa from Elf, who's, like, a little bit crusty, a little bit rough around the edges, but he's still fairly merry. Yeah. But now you've got this new modern millennial Kurt Russell down to fuck Santa. Nihilist Santa. Okay. Drunk Santa. What the (laughs) fuck? Like, I mean, for, for example, though, this is where we're at right now. In the year of our Lord, 2018, entering this Christmas season. Someone wrote an article about this movie titled, Kurt Russell Gives Us 
his all as Dilf Santa. <laughs> no one wants line. Dilf Santa. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, don't want to live in a world where we're all trying to fuck Santa. <laughs> fair. We're all content <laughs> living in a world where we just want to. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Because I'm willing to, wow, I'm not over it. I'm willing to believe that Santa is like seen the world. He's been around for a while. He's not here to mess around. He like knows some stuff. I can buy that about Santa. Mm-hmm. But like, Kurt Russell is is like bored of being Santa. This is like Santa on burnout mode. Yeah, I feel like he's like Santa from a year without Santa Claus, except drunk. I don't think I'm as offended by Santa as you are. I don't. I wouldn't say offended. It was more just like the whole point of this film is to make you feel like Santa is an all-powerful being and Christmas is the only thing that has ever mattered. And this sure. this Santa energy is not the kind of energy that makes me think this man is the pillar upon which all of the goodwill for the entire universe centers i guess this is a weird santa for this type of a movie Mm -hmm. however if they wanted to take this santa and put him in a hallmark movie i'm interested Mm. in that yeah that like i'm interested in him engaging with adults who are like too giddy over christmas and talking them down well i'd also be interested in this santa talking to cynical adults and trying to like yeah. Use, like, his cynical irony to make them be into Christmas. I think there's some opportunities here. I just yeah. think... I can I think see where it's, fair. like, weird for a presumably children's movie. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, right? It's, like... I've, I've argued this before when we've talked about Hallmark Christmas, and I stand by it. Because, like, there's already holidays for, like, certain things, right? So, like, my problem with Hallmark Christmas is that it's trying to make Christmas a love holiday. And we already have one of those. Christmas doesn't need to mm-hmm. be that. Christmas is, like, a kid's holiday, right? Mm-hmm. It's, like, the magic and the imagination and, like, the whatever. So I don't know that I want, like, cynical Santa in the middle of, like, kids' media when Christmas is a kid's holiday. I mean, are they supposed to be, like, teaching him about the spirit of Christmas all over again? Is that, like, part of this? Yeah, that's definitely part of it. It's like Santa, Santa, Santa has gotten <laughs> jaded. And Can you see Santa two- from your house, too? 
Serda. Um, <laughs> and the children, well, the brother at least, is also jaded. And the little mm. girl is so full of Christmas magic that she's able to restore all of the Christmas magic for the entire world. Right. But you know what? We already did that, and it was with a movie called Elf. <laughs> You're never going to get me to like Elf, Kirstie. You don't have to like Elf. I'm happy sitting over here by myself liking that movie. <laughs> that one could be just for me. All right. <laughs> but I'm, the other thing is, like, Santas in general are always very protective of, like, the Santa secret because of the whole, like, seeing's not believing and, like, whatever. Sure. Leaps of faith because Santa is secretly a religious analog. <laughs> this Santa just, like, walks up to people and just, like, oh, person whose name I randomly know, here's what you wanted for Christmas for all of the 90s. Do you believe in me now? I'm Santa. Yeah, that was a thing that they did for a long time. <laughs> They really rode the coattails of that shtick. Mm-hmm. I also am a little disappointed that they had the guy from New Girl who's really funny and they just barely used him. I don't know who that is. He was one of the cops. Oh. Uh, was it the main cop? Yeah. He was the attractive I was just disappointed because he was one of the top credits and I was like, oh, I didn't know that this was happening, but maybe it will be good. But no, I don't feel like they really used anyone well in this movie, though. Um, I was only here for the rom-com at the end. <laughs> you mean we're Santa's DTF? <laughs> yes, because that's his wife. <laughs> Like, it was a fun thing that I didn't know they were going to do. Yeah. I don't want that from my Santa. It was fine. Calm down, Santa. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing I marginally liked about Mrs. Claus is she reminded me a little bit of the Mrs. Claus from A Year Without a Santa Claus. And Mrs. Claus kicks ass in that movie. So... (laughs) I'll allow it. I don't know that I've ever seen that movie. Oh, it's a good one. I know the songs from it, but I don't think I've ever actually seen it. It's a good, good one. I like that one. Yeah. Um, but my my beef with one of my many beefs with Chris Columbus is I think he thinks that he does like children's content really well. Yes. But he's actually like super middling in this like preteen boy yes <laughs> range yes. that doesn't really work well i was trying to figure out if like he's trying too hard to do the thing where it's like kids movies but for adults too a little i don't know like i feel like he sh- <sighs> it really does feel like it's geared towards 14 year old boys but in my experience 14 year old boys are not the most hype about anything chris columbus has ever done right like should he have stuck with rom-coms no no that's an absurd (laughs) sentence (laughs) i can't believe you just asked that it wasn't good but it was entertaining (laughs) 
like as a spectacle that I wasn't prepared for. Definitely not for the reason he thought it was entertaining. Which is like maybe not a career milepost, you know? Think of all the good he and Hugh Grant could have done together. Oh my god. Hugh Grant. DTF for the hijinks. <laughs> no. <laughs> Hugh Grant, like, is really good at hijinks. He is. I I will allow for hijinks from Hugh Grant. I won't allow much else from him, but he could sell me some hijinks. Did, when we did rom Convocation, did I ever send you his music video from the 80s that he did? No. <gasps> Hold on. Please hold. <laughs> We're going to be in the edit zone. What? This, this is, is an egregious omission. This is urgent. Um, <laughs> I can't believe this. It's not from the 80s, but it is in the spirit of the 80s. Hold I on. I just can't believe I'm it ever made. happened at all and you never told me. It is a banger. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm sending it to you right now. Okay. God, it's so good. Do you want me to watch it right now? I sure do. We'll, we'll okay, edit okay, it out. Okay. <laughs> or maybe we won't. Nothing matters. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Why? It's so good. Was this for something? Was it like for a movie? Yes. What movie? Um, music and lyrics. What is happening? What is happening? I'm so alarmed. This is alarming. He's here for the hijinks. He's so DTF with hijinks. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. I thought that was important. <laughs> this is a banger. Mm-hmm. This shit's It's gonna slaps. be in your head for like four days. Oh, yeah. You know what? This is... Oh, my God. This is like um, that time that we discovered Pierce Brosnan <laughs> singing SOS. <laughs> my favorite thing. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh. for the rest of this podcast, we are going to be discussing... <laughs> That time Hugh Grant was in a music video. You know what that music yeah. video reminded me of? What? Um, I'm assuming that music video is a derivative of a very specific 80s music video. Mm-hmm. But it reminded me of the music video for um, J.C. Chazé's song, All Day Long, I Dream About Sex, <laughs> from his first solo You're- album, Schizophrenia. <laughs> <laughs> You're a lot more um, up to speed on the canon of J.C. Chazay than I am. <laughs> so I will take your word for that. 
<laughs> I, uh, my, my friend had that album when he went solo. And she was only in, like, the fourth grade when he went solo. <laughs> and there's a song on there called All Day Long I Dream About Sex. And then there's another song on there that's about having sex with aliens in outer space. And then there's another <laughs> song that's literally about all the different places in a house that you can have sex. Kirsty, I sense that maybe we should do a segment about, like... The after years of sync. We should. I have a lot to offer on the topic. You really do. Except when it comes to Justin Timberlake, because fuck that guy. Yeah, no, we're not talking about him. That's a hot take right there, guys, and it's a hill I will die on. Come at me. Wow. Yeah. Um. um so, so anyway. Final thoughts on... This really went off the rails. <laughs> Christmas Chronicles. My the sum total of my thoughts on Christmas Chronicles. Santa shouldn't be down to fuck. <laughs> Hugh Grant is really good at the music videos, and fuck Justin Timberlake. <laughs> Drunk Santa was driving this episode. <laughs> oh, oh my god. Um. So anyway, let's move right along. To a Christmas Prince 2, the royal wedding. And I want to preempt this conversation by saying you should maybe also go listen to Appointment Television's latest episode about Christmas Prince 2 because it's delightful. I haven't gotten to listen to it yet. It's really great, and I'm going to try and not rehash their material. Yeah. Um, as much as one can do when talking about right. a Christmas Prince too. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty fun. And Catherine Van Arendonk also wrote a stellar review on Bullshit. Very stellar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but here we are. Uh, flying commercial to Aldovia, like you do. <laughs> uh, this, is, this movie's a lot. And also so very little. So, I expressed this to you when the trailer came out. My biggest fear with this movie was that it was going to be too Mm self-aware. Because, obviously, Netflix was very much listening and paying attention when everybody came out with the hot takes about the first one. So, like, they knew that the internet was full of memes about the Mm note-taking and whatever else. Like, they knew all of this, and that's why they decided to make a second one. So I was very nervous when the trailer and the promotion started happening because it just felt like Netflix knew too much. And that's a very dangerous thing with a hate watch because, like, I don't think you can really do a hate watch on purpose. No, it doesn't work well. And the first one was, like, alchemy for, like, all of the things that make really bad but fun storytelling. Mm-hmm. So it was, like, a dangerous balance. What was interesting about this movie is that it was just as self-aware as I thought it was going to be. And yet, somehow, it still did the thing. Yeah. They walked a very fine line. 
I mean, I think at the end of the day, the people on this project are just genuinely that bad at this. Or this whole project is created by an algorithm. That's also extremely possible. (laughs) I think there's also, whatever, it's our podcast, there's something to be said for the quality of acting in this movie. (laughs) And, like, the perhaps lack of effort put into, like, hair and makeup and yeah costuming that really yeah. just drives it all home like i've talked about this before but like it blows my mind a little bit cuz i feel like with every project anybody working on it like comes out the other end and is like this is the product i intended to make this is the best version yeah. of the thing i had in my head and so to your point there was like very little effort in things that seemingly matter And yet, you know, a team sat back and was like, yes, this is the best version of the thing I intended to make. Well, that's what I, like, can't quite put my finger on, because in particular, like, as someone who really, really needs a haircut, (laughs) her hair (laughs) is very average. Yes. (laughs) Like, excruciatingly average. And for, like, even if Hallmark on a Hallmark budget without Lacey or Candace was uh-huh. taking on a movie about someone, a regular old person who was about to become a queen, they would make her hair look good. Like, Netflix, I imagine, is choosing not to make her hair look good. Yeah. It does raise some interesting questions about, like, where the loss leaders were in this budget. Yeah. I just, I don't <laughs> know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't feel like this hit all the same notes that the first one hit. No, the first one is like kind of a perfect capsule in that sense. The other thing I thought was interesting about this movie was the general reaction to it, where we all sat through the first one. So we all know that this shit is garbage. And then Netflix announced they were making another one. And there was a whole tizzy mm-hmm. because they were making another one. And then a bunch of reviewers watched it and were like, this movie is garbage. <laughs> like, I'm literally looking at an article right now, headlined, Netflix follow-up to A Christmas Prince's Beautiful Royal Garbage. Mm-hmm. I feel like that goes without saying. That was the whole reason Netflix made a second one. Right. So it's like you had all these people. There were other... This one's like a little more tongue-in-cheek, but there were other people who were, like, more serious about how bad it was. And it's like, what do you think you're playing at? The only person who deserved screener privilege for this movie was Catherine. (laughs) True that. She is leading the charge. She is doing the Lord's work around this film. Um, should we, should we plot this guy out? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um... What's her face? The female lead is um, in New York City. So she has left her journalism job and she's just running her blog full time. But seemingly, as the film opens, she's writing her first blog post since she got engaged. (laughs) She's like, big news. I'm getting married to a prince. 
a king. He's king by now. Sure, 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 sure. Which is, I there's just like a lot of questions that I have about like the structure of government and the actual function of the monarchy in Aldovia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he's like suddenly king, even though his dad was dead the whole time. Yeah. Um. So she's in New York. She's writing her blog. She and Richard are, like, living back and forth between the two places. So, like, he comes to New York. She goes to Aldovia. And they are getting ready to plan their wedding. So she has she writes her blog post telling us what the movie's about. And then she flies to Aldovia for Christmas. Can we pause? Yes. So her wedding is planned for Christmas Day. Yes. She goes with her dad to Aldovia. Yes. For the wedding. And then presumably to live there. When she's writing her blog post right before she leaves, her apartment is completely unpacked (laughs) and decorated (laughs) for Christmas. (laughs) And then she basically arrives in Aldovia, not to give away spoilers to Kiersey's... um, ongoing plot synopsis (laughs) she arrives in aldovia and nothing for her wedding has been planned thus far not a single thing in (laughs) fact the wedding planner arrives in aldovia the same day she does and designer at this point it's supposed to be what oh i'm sorry (laughs) it's supposed to be what like the 20th or 21st or something yeah it's like this is no time to be planning a wedding. I mean, I I know from sitting through a royal wedding this year that, like, royals do get to operate on an accelerated timeline. But not, yeah. like, a three-day timeline. No. And she has, like, no ideas about what she wants her wedding to be like. She wants it to be contemporary. Ugh. She wants it to be her. She does not have much of a brain. (laughs) She wears Converse and cardigans, Kelsey. Like, I don't know why you're coming in so hot right now. She just wants it to be like her. She's so edgy. So contemporary. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Blogs, that's what I do for a living. (laughs) Blogs are what I do for a living. I <laughs> tons of positive comments <laughs> so this is basically like the blog it's not even quite the blog equivalent of that time that Lacey worked for the money firm and just ran around <laughs> an entire movie saying first quarter on loop it's like that but worse and about blogs right <laughs> where Amber is just like Viral. <laughs> Content. Positive comments. <laughs> PR? <laughs> <laughs> so oh. she and her dad, who is not at all prepared for the royal life, arrive in Aldovia. <laughs> A mysterious man steals their cab. Yeah. Which I'm sure won't be relevant ever again and definitely wasn't a callback to the first movie in any way, shape, or form. Mm-mm. She's trying to be incognito. 
But everybody in Aldovia recognizes her somehow. And then she goes and meets all the staff. And what we learn is that um, the next 60% of the words in the script for the remainder of the film is just the different um, versions of protocol. So sometimes it's protocol singular. Sometimes it's protocol plural. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the bulk of the script. And the other P word is pageant. Oh, yes. We did have a pageant. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um, Richard is a king, and so he does very important politics mm-hmm. with the prime minister. Is that what Aldovia has? Yes. President, prime minister. I think they were trying to, I think they were trying to go for like a similar thing to what England has where like the queen is there and the prime minister has to talk to her sometimes about stuff. Yeah. But instead it's like Richard is also the president. So he (laughs) comes up with like a whole economic plan to do economic Mm -hmm. development in Aldovia so he and the prime minister go to a lot of meetings. And then unions happen. And then, so, so they were trying to go for something very lofty. Yeah. And it went about as well as you'd think. So he has this whole economic development vision. And apparently every employee of any industry in Aldovia is part of the same union. And yeah. so there's all this money that's supposed to come into Aldovia for economic development But, like, the unionized workers aren't, like, getting paid or something? Yeah. And so the royals can relate to this only because (laughs) the small, tiny princesses, school plays, theater techs are also part of the union and quit. (laughs) They're part of the same union as the coal miners of the country. (laughs) and they quit the only people in the entire country that are not part of this union are the people who staff the palace right and let me tell you if those theater techs had not gone on strike nothing would have changed it's (laughs) it's true it's true it's just to show that King Richard's choices have an impact on those around him that he was not thinking about because he was too busy being the king. He was definitely not too busy thinking about his fiance. that's for sure. That's for dang sure. So the next, like, forever of this movie is Amber being like, hi, Richard, and him being like, I'm going to a meeting. <laughs> oh, he also gives a speech where he's, like, quietly a fascist dictator. Mm-hmm. That also happens. so so all the workers go on strike and richard's like my economic development plan is failing and then amber is like something is amiss um because there's money and why isn't the union getting money or something which leads her to do journalism right because they get that card in the mail that was from someone who didn't like them right they have a family tradition where they sit in a room and read Christmas cards from the people of Aldovia. And they're, it's all these cards being like, we love you, royal family. Thank you for being royal. And then they get one card that's like, 
I'm a coal miner and I lost my job because there's no money in Aldovia. So fuck you. It's like when you see a subtweet that was directed at you. (laughs) (laughs) Like it accidentally got through. Well, and at first the queen mother starts to read it and she's literally like, oh, this is a downer. Let's move on. And Amber or someone (laughs) is like, no, you have to read the whole thing. (laughs) Because journalism. Because journalism. So she goes to meet up with the card writer in a bar as if she's not the queen of Aldovia. And she gets busted by the paparazzi, which like fucks everything up. But she continues to do her very good journalism. And then the princess is also a hacker. So she (laughs) hacks into some like corporate back channels and discovers that all the money is being diverted to like Russia or someone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so there's this like guy who's matters. He's introduced like in three scenes and we're supposed to care about him. Anyway, he was like embezzling all the money. Right. Um, and so they get rid of him, and then, in the meantime, Amber's trying to plan her wedding and is really bad at protocol. And so, at the end of all of this, they bust the guy. She plans the wedding of her dreams, because they are finally like, damn it, I want this wedding to be how I want it. And then they have the wedding. (laughs) Right. And then, (laughs) they dance outside? Kiss outside? Mm. And a conga line happens around that. An infinite fucking conga line. Catherine Van Arendonk wrote about that conga line. And I was like, okay, I bet that's pretty silly. But that conga line (laughs) went on for two scenes. Like, conga lines have never not made me uncomfortable, but that was unreal. Kirstie, I need you to know right now that I'm banning conga lines from my wedding. (laughs) Well, you know, I didn't know that conga lines were a thing. I always thought it was, like, a weird cliche. Um, And then there was a spontaneous conga line at my wedding that I still can't explain. Yeah, I didn't participate in that. (laughs) I did. It was really silly. I didn't hate it as much as I thought I would. I was way too alarmed. I didn't... I don't know where it came from. It was just, like, we were all hanging out. I I think there were a couple of us that were, like, holding hands or something, It made more sense in context. And then, like, someone mistook it for a conga line, and the next thing we all knew. Oh, no. Yeah. Because I remember someone, like, grabbing my shoulders and being like, oh, are we doing this? And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then (laughs) it was a conga line. So (laughs) I just, I don't think you have much control over such things. No. It kind of went by me, and I stood up afar and i watched it and i was like no (laughs) it was really silly it was um can i have some feelings about amber's like lack of any kind of knowledge about how blogs and pr work yeah yep because like half this movie she spends sulking because they tell her that they have to approve the content that goes out on her blog and she can't just <laughs> write whatever she wants to because she's part of the royal family now. And she treats it like it's totally new information that she's yep. never once considered in her life. And is like, I can't go on this way unless I'm able to write whatever I want. And they're <laughs> like, 
can you not expose like internal conversations in the royal family to the public and she's like but the clicks would be so high my favorite is in the middle of this when she goes i didn't realize that like to marry into the royal family i'd have to stop being me right like first of all i do not believe your brand is that strong you're not even getting sponsored content Mm -hmm. second of all amber (laughs) i don't understand how she doesn't understand that like her content may have consequences (laughs) i feel like this movie lives in a world where there are like no other monarchies because she's clearly not looking around at like Meghan markle and being like oh yes being royal is a thing you know what i mean Right, like, she has no one else to set an example for her, I guess. Right. But it's just baffling. Like, even as a person who has been a professional at that in some way, shape, or form, like, she supposedly was, wouldn't she understand? (laughs) That, like, brand messaging is a thing? Right, and... Like, she's now a representative of the royal family. I didn't know I'd have to stop being me. (laughs) God, she's the worst. She is really just the worst. She's terrible. Like, I'm convinced that What's-His-Face, Mr. King, uh, doesn't like her any more than the king in Switched for Christmas, like oh. his fiance that he didn't actually like. Yeah, and yep, he yep. was just really happy to like change her out for someone who kind of looked like her, and was like, "Sure, like he is that <laughs> indifferent towards her." I definitely don't think we got into it a little bit in that episode, but I don't think anyone has spent enough time on the fact <laughs> that the king in that movie was like, "Oh, sure, this is better." <laughs> like same body different personality that's that's kind of the best outcome (laughs) you're pulling a real deep parent trap cut it's not good you're right though like if amber 2 showed up Mm -hmm. and was like i more different in any way shape or form king richard would probably be like that's fine (laughs) like he is given no expression that he likes her for any particular reason. And she She's really... also just, like, not believable as oh. a human being, though. <laughs> no. Like, that's why I think this movie was created by algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> there is more chemistry in a closed-mouthed Hallmark kiss <laughs> than there is between these two people. It's so true. It's so true. They literally act like two people (laughs) who's like their first day on set and there was never a table read. Mm Mm-hmm. And like they didn't even know they were coming to film a movie. Like it feels more like man on the street acting, like a director went out 
and stopped yeah. two people on the streets of New York City. And they were like, hey, want to star in my Netflix film? We're shooting right now. <laughs> I think we made this comparison last year, but when we watched A Princess for Christmas, <laughs> the difference in caliber between the like female leads in that movie was pretty similar. Mm-hmm. I would say, but then it was like, <laughs> you get Sam in tight white pants, who has chemistry yep. with a blank, like, piece of paper, and then yep. <laughs> you have this guy who can't do anything. He's, like, never seen a beaker. I'm aware. <laughs> yeah. And, like, <laughs> not that A Princess for Christmas is good, but no. they make do with what they have, which is a little bit yes. more than what A Christmas... A, Christmas Prince has. These names get really tough. It, there's too many. It's like a a big old word salad of the same like three words. It's like when you have a salad that's made entirely of romaine, but Christmas movies. With or without E. coli. <laughs> and really, you're just here for the roulette. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'm looking up this guy to see if he's actually had any other work. <laughs> Wait, he was in Divergent? No shit, was he? It said he was Edward, but I don't know who Edward was. I don't either. Who were you? Divergent is... Oh, wait, he almost looks familiar. Divergent is one of my favorite hate watches of all time. I've only seen the first <laughs> one. It's so But bad. I literally... I saw it with three people, and... We went out to a bar afterwards, and we literally didn't stop laughing for about three hours. I thought my husband, boyfriend at the time, was going to break up with me. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I just found out Meryl Streep is in Mary Poppins Returns. Yeah, you didn't know that? No! I knew that. What is she doing in Mary Poppins Returns? What isn't she doing? Oh my god, I'm overwhelmed. Okay. Sorry, I'm on the IMDb page for this guy, and that came up. Along with the so headline, funny. A Christmas Prince, The Royal Wedding, Holiday Rom-Coms Are Harder Than They Look. Whoa. But are they? In what sense? Do you want me to click on that? It's time for I our do. favorite I do. I want to explore this. <laughs> yep. Okay. I'm still trying to figure out who Edward was in Divergent. Yeah, I don't have any idea. Oh, I have to click through to the full article. There's a good sick burn in here, though. Oh, yeah? It says, While it's possible that this informal infringement may have Hallmark execs shaken like a snow globe, they also may be content knowing that the Christmas movie industrial complex is harder than it looks. Um, I found a headline for Christmas Chronicles that was the special effects in a Christmas Chronicles are not from the North Pole, but it didn't turn out to be a sick burn. Oh. I was very upset. That felt like it was supposed to be a sick burn. It really did. This article is arguing that the Christmas Prince 2 does not follow through on its potential. In what sense? Unclear. I, that's my whole problem with it is like, what, like, what potential? Like, did you want Netflix to like develop 
an ultimate hate watch, or did you want them to, like, wake up one morning and be capable of making a good movie? They're also arguing that this was created by algorithm, which is specific. Yeah, I mean, it's a compelling argument. Mm-hmm. Oh, can we talk about her wedding dress at the end? Yeah, can we do that? So she, there's a scene with, like, an ugly wedding dress, and, like, her wedding designer puts her in this ugly dress, and she's like, I want something contemporary. And then she ends up wearing this dress that's, like, a blouse, but with a skirt. Yeah. It's got got a little collar. It has two lace panels Mm -hmm. with, like, a regular not lace panel in between them. So it's, like, lace stripes, basically. Yes. It's just, like, it's, like, really Netflix. I've seen some cheap wedding dresses. You could have done better. But it's so unique and original and contemporary. It Like, she makes a big deal about wearing Converse <laughs> under her wedding dress, and it just doesn't look Ugh. like the kind of dress that someone who wears Converse would choose to wear to their wedding. Because she doesn't have an actual personality. That's true. <laughs> Like, I don't know what to do with her, but it's bad. I mean, you don't. I feel like, so I'm coming at this movie fresh off the tails of watching Princess Diaries that was playing on E! the past couple Uh weeks. And it at least accomplishes the, like, normal person to princess in a strange land like, Mm -hmm. transformation, and they do it so well. And Netflix does it so poorly. Well, I feel like part of the problem is, like, this is her second time being a princess in a strange land, essentially. She obviously didn't learn anything from the first time. No. They also tried to do the thing that they tried to do in a princess switch. Yeah. Princess Christmas switch. Um... (laughs) Where she's like, I want to be part of the decision making. Like, I want to be an engaged princess. But, like, Amber, you can't be a decision maker and a reporter on the decision making. No, no. You don't get to help draft economic policy and then also be out there discovering that, like, money is being diverted to a foreign country. Right. You don't get, like, the exclusive lead on every bit of content. (laughs) No. Although that would be, like, the hot new way to become a journalist, huh? Just, Mm. like, marry into the royal family and expose all of their secrets? We've just come up with a better plot than this movie had to offer. (laughs) (laughs) Like, the film noir version of A Christmas Prince 2. Right. Royal engagement. She could meet up with um, drunk Santa... And together they could kind of, like, ruin Christmas. Ruin. Start another world war. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's just Aldovia. They'll be fine. (laughs) Um, Can we talk about the fact, too, that, like, that random guy came back? Yeah, the random who tried tried to take the crown. (laughs) They, like, tried to give him a whole plot. That was, like, that was just a the choice. most Chris Columbus shit in this movie. I think that was the thing I understood the least about this movie. That guy coming back? That guy. Like, 
I get that they needed to do something with Princess Emily, so they gave her a pageant, and they needed her to be negatively impacted by the prince, or the king, or whoever the fuck. Yeah. So I get that. I get Amber and her shit. Yeah. Like, I, I get most of the stuff. I don't get that guy. I think he was, like, maybe meant to be a red herring. But uh, oh, because you like needed to suspect executed. it was him and not, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because it was actually, but, like, the king's aide or whoever the fuck. Yeah, but in, like, the first attempt at trying to figure out who it is, he's like, right, oh, right, right, good right. hacking job. And then he's, like, a good guy. Seems yeah. like a lot of work for a red herring. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was... <laughs> I can't justify Netflix. No. No. Oh. This is why I made such a production of asking the question, Netflix, what have you done? What have you done? I know. What have you done? How much money do you think each of these films cost? I don't have a good sense of how much movies cost, like, full stop. Oh, I used to. However, these are definitely low budge. I would say in, like, the one to two mil range. Oh, they're costing more than that. I would say... No. Eight. Whoa. Yeah. Do we have a budget for this? Hold on. Generous. I'm already doing the Googling and we don't yet. (sighs) The bottom line is it's cheap AF. It is. I mean, ten million is probably cheap for Netflix. But, like, this doesn't feel like it has a movie budget. It feels like it has an episode of television budget. But they've got horses. Anywho, the bottom line is that Netflix has done this twice. And they have spent a lot of money on it twice. Their snow was better quality than Hallmark snow, though. At what cost, though? Like, I would take... Hallmark's shitty snow over this movie. Did we hate this more than all the Hallmarks we watched, or should we, like, put it on a scale? Oh, that's an interesting thought. I... So here's the thing. I hate watch Hallmark movies, right? Like, they're entertaining Mm -hmm. and non-threatening, but they're bad. Yeah. And I hate watched this, which was also entertaining and bad but i came out of this one with like this over-the-top like euphoric feeling like you get when you've had like too much of a good thing Mm. whereas i leave a hallmark movie with more of a balanced feeling of like look at the the baseline feeling of delight that i experience having watched this film See, I had a lot more fun reading Catherine's recap than I did actually watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. And I wonder if I shouldn't have saved it for after. Gotcha. Because I feel like a lot of the, like, funny, weird shit was stuff I already knew about. Yeah. I don't know that I would have found any of that funny left to my own devices. Like, it's almost funnier because I know it's a joke on the internet. Yeah. That always helps. But I think I had, like, a 
not positive reaction to watching this or Christmas Chronicles. Like, I hated both of them. Christmas Chronicles, this started an interesting discussion between us on the Slack that we won't get into right now. Um, Mm. But Christmas Chronicles was, like, definitely a hate watch, but it didn't really, like, bring me a whole lot of joy. And I think there's something to the fact that it's supposed to be more of, like, a children's magic of Christmas movie. Yeah. Versus, like, you know, the Hallmark-styled adult Christmas movie. I think that's true. I I think movies that are geared for children can't really count as hate watches. (laughs) Unless (laughs) you were a child... Unless you're, well, unless you were a child when it came out and like, because then your relationship Mm -hmm. to it as an adult is different. Like I, I went on a whole thing last week about the Swan Princess and then I ended up watching it and I had like a three day like monologue in my brain about how much I loved that movie as a child and how I continue watching that movie as an adult, but not because I love it the way I loved it as a child, because it's patently absurd. It's a bonkers fucking movie. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, fun to watch it as an adult, knowing how much I loved it as a child and how ridiculous it is. Like, I think you need that mix for, like, children's movies to work. It's made me like The Parent Trap more. <laughs> Interesting. Watching it as an adult. Yeah. And appreciating how batshit it is versus, like, taking it for face value. Right, right, right. But I also think that's exception in many ways like that movie was made by an adult director who makes adult rom-coms like yes yeah it was anyway this is not the parent trap episode of this podcast (laughs) it had some different elements in the mix it did but the like the ability to look back on something and be like this was batshit crazy and i didn't know about that at the time yeah. It's, yeah, it's yeah, fun. yeah. In a way that, like, watching Christmas Chronicles right now is not fun. Right. Yeah. So I think, I think like, in some ways that's not totally fair to that movie. But mm-hmm. in other ways, like, imagining having a child who's, like, growing up with that movie also <laughs> was, like, this is not a fun movie for that. <laughs> Be like the right kind of child. I will say that if my child got attached to that movie and we had to watch it every year, I don't know <laughs> that I would have as much fun with it. I would like have to secretly make a drinking game, I think. <laughs> be like, Kelsey, your niece is coming over to visit. Why? Because she wants to watch a Christmas Chronicle. <laughs> We're bringing some DVDs. (laughs) (laughs) That'll be Aunt Kelsey's weekend. (laughs) Great. I'm so thrilled. Uh, Yeah. You're going to have to be as lit as Santa to watch that movie. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to be as lit as Santa, (laughs) you can find our content on the internet, I guess. Wow. (laughs) 
I was trying to go for something and it didn't get there. Um, the bottom line is just come find us. We're on Twitter at Hate Watch With Us. Mm-hmm. We have a website, hatewatchwithus.com. We have an email, hatewatchwithus at gmail.com. You can also enter us into the Sam Hugh and Charity CrossFit contest, uh, which goes until sometime in January. So you've still got some time. Um, yeah. The link for that is in the episode description for this episode and the last few episodes. And it is also a shiny new tab on our website, <laughs> hatewatchwithus.com. It sure is. Um, you can also listen to our friends' shows uh, at Thought Bubble Audio. Tune into Beer with Geeks, Academy Rewind, Loud Women, uh, Supergirl TV Talk, and I think there's some others that I'm forgetting, but that's okay. Uh, check them all out at thoughtableaudio.com or thoughtablefm on Twitter. They have a Patreon. Uh, all their content's real great, and you should check them out. And you can find all of us in all of the places that you can find podcasts, including Spotify, which I found out recently that Thought Bubble Audio Shows made it onto Spotify before um, shows from some other network that, like, actually matters, like Max Fun, maybe, or so- someone, like, big. Max Fun and I was like, suck it. All right. Sorry. And I don't know that it was Max Fun. I know I just gave you your soapbox. <laughs> I hate Max Fun. <laughs> the... The bottom line is that you can find us in all the places you can find yeah. podcasts. So if you have a friend who's who wants to listen to us and needs and but is like I only listen to podcasts on Spotify, they can find us there and uh, yeah. rate us and review us because that's good. That's good stuff. Yeah, tell us your favorite holiday hate watch. Yes. Do that. With your five star review or four stars, anything like, below a three, I don't want to hear about your hate watch. It, well, because at that point, the hate watch is us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. <laughs> See you next time. Bye. Bye.